Welcome to Global Truth Center. Let's just discuss this now, shall we? Okay, let me do the lyrics. First of all, this is a prayer. No matter how you look at it, it's a prayer. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. May you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung. May you stay forever young. And of course... The whole point is, may you stay forever young, which is what we're going to talk about today. May you grow up to be righteous, which doesn't mean self-righteous. It means to be on the right side of consciousness. May you grow up to be righteous. May you grow up to be true. May you always know the truth and see the light surrounding you, even now. May you always be courageous, stand upright, and be strong. May you stay forever young. And maybe my favorite line, may your hands always be busy. May your feet always be swift. May you have a strong foundation and when the winds of change shift. May your heart always be joyful. May your song always be sung. May you stay forever young. May your hands always be busy, your feet always swift. Meaning, are you going to keep your mind activated? Are you going to keep your life activated? Yesterday was the letter L for the ABCs of GTC and I picked the word life because my message was, we got to keep living through this, folks. We can't just sit down and wait for this to pass. We need to live through it. Live through it. Not make, through, make our way through it. Live through it. Thrive through it, right? May your feet always be shift, uh, swift. May you have a strong foundation when the winds of changes shift. May you have a strong foundation. Meaning, what, what do you know? What's the truth? What do you know in your mind? when all this is going on. So there we go, our second Bob Dylan song, Forever Young. The title of my talk today is The Resilient Heart, meaning the heart can move through anything and make its image known. So the message of the song, the young, they bounce back quickly. They really do. I remember a story about Will, and I've told it. I don't know if I've ever told it at church. Probably I have, um, or Spiritual Center, Nick. Yeah, Um, about the bicycle when Will wanted to go down a big steep drive and I didn't want him to and I was trying to explain to him all the troubles with it and he kept going, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And finally I just gave up. And of course Nora was sitting on her bike like, I'm not going down, let him do it. And so he went down, but halfway down he got scared and he threw his hands up. Not a bright thing to do with a bicycle. So he threw his hands up and went, ah! The bike went like that, threw him down the hill and he had blood everywhere. Now he couldn't see the blood And he just stood up and he was standing there. I, of course, it was like, you know, a Friday the 13th episode. And I looked at him. I was like, you're going to be okay. And and then he looked down and he saw all the blood and he just went ballistic, screaming. Ah, no, no. And he just went nuts. And I just held him. And all I kept thinking was child services. Any moment should be coming in and saying, were you, what were you thinking? Letting him go down that hill. But here's the deal. By that afternoon, he was back, bounced back. He had bandages everywhere. He's like, I want to do it again. I was like, no, we're not doing it again. But the young, they are so resilient. They just bounce back. They don't think about all the stuff that they haven't been taught to think about. You and I, adults in this room, we allow principle 
to be bound by precedent. We allow precedent to make us fearful. We allow the things we've been told to actually be truthful in our minds when a lot of it's not. So that brings me to one of the young, 33 is pretty young, Jesus. Jesus was pretty young. May you stay forever young. Jesus of Nazareth stays in our hearts and our minds as a 33-year-old man. We all remember the, the younger stories of Jesus, but the big one is when he was 33. I think of my own daughter, Nora. I will always think of Nora as 19. She's never going to grow older in my mind. She will always be that 19-year-old girl who on the day she passed was laying in the, you remember this, Matthew, laying in the driveway out there with a hoodie on, laughing when I drove up to church. You were all around her and you were all laughing. She's laying on the, in the driveway, in the middle of the driveway. And I was just like, get up, we have rehearsal. But I will always think of her as that young 19-year-old. She will stay forever young. I won't because I will go to whatever, 100, 110, 120, who knows? I will always be whatever I am in that given moment. So Jesus, going back to Jesus, today is Palm Sunday. You know, usually I would probably rent a donkey and come in here on a donkey just to, thank you, Jason, just to make my point of how Jesus rode into town on a donkey, on a donkey, on, on pops. No, he was sideways, of course, because he was in touch with his inner feminine. Yeah, and he had a dress on. So, yes, so, so Palm Sunday, Jesus drove triumphant, drove in a Maserati. No, he, he came into Jerusalem on a donkey to prove something, to say something, which is, I come in peace, not in war. I come to show love, not adversity. I'm not here to fight. I'm here to show you how to love one another. And we all know the story. So today, Palm Sunday, we celebrate that return to Jerusalem on a donkey. As a boy growing up in the Catholic Church, it always confused me because they weren't really good in my particular Catholic Church at explaining what the hell this was all about. But we only knew that on Palm Sunday, Jesus went into Jerusalem and by Friday, he was crucified. It's not how it worked. It didn't really all happen in one week. It was over a long period of time. But around 260 AD, 260 years after after his death, Some Congress of the Christians made up this whole thing. And this whole thing about Easter even and all of it was all made up somewhere around 260, 300 AD into the 300s, what? Yes, First Council of whatever, I say Congress. So um, they made this up and now we celebrate it as though that's how it happened, but it's not. So that just says to me, we are bound by stories. We are still living based on stories that were made up and told a certain way to, for a lot of people, pull people into alignment, following a certain tradition or a certain religion. That's not what we teach here. We don't teach you what to think. We help you learn how to think and then allow you to find it, find the truth. So this week, as it's taught in Christian, is Holy Monday, will come tomorrow, Holy Tuesday, and then Spy Wednesday, as you can only imagine what that's about. That's the story of Judas, Spy Wednesday, Holy Thursday, which is the Last Supper, and then Good Friday, which is the Passion and Crucifixion of Jesus, and then Holy Saturday, or called Black Saturday, waiting for the burial, because of course, the Jews could not bury someone on the Sabbath. So they had to wait Saturday in order to do it on Sunday, or at least Saturday night late. Um, and that's, that's basically what we're celebrating. And the biggest event for the Christians, of course, is Easter Sunday. 
meaning the resurrection of Jesus. So what we're really seeing there in the story of Jesus is the story of resilience. I mean, this is a man who, story has it, went right into the center of what he knew was going to be his demise because he trusted and knew the truth that love would conquer all. And for many, 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 many years, I would look at that and say, and I'm going to be, this is very irreverent, but I'm going to say it anyway, because this was an uneducated me. But there was a part of me for many years that just said, how stupid could that man have been? Seriously, how stupid is it to literally walk somewhere, walk right into death and just say, now the truth is, is there an amazing movement that rose up from this? Yes, there is. But then I say, how stupid are we not to get what he really said? It's not about the crucifixion. It's not about the resurrection, which may or may not have happened based on the stories. Some people feel that basically Mary and the apostles took him out of the tomb they put him in, or the, the cave, took him out and moved him out of the country. And he lived a very full life in, in the Eastern traditions. That's a story. Again, just a story. Just like the story that he rose and came back to everybody. These are all stories. Now, it almost seems blasphemous as I say this because I grew up Catholic and I know that people live on these stories and believe these stories and I have full respect for anyone who believes any story and believes that that is their truth because I have my own stories that I believe are the truth based on my heart and my soul. So I have to respect everyone's story. But at the end of the day, I think it's time for us to really stop looking at the stories, just move them all out of the way and step inside and find out what is my story? What is the story that is here just for me? Because there's another story about to happen this week, which is Passover. Perhaps the greatest story of resilience, the liberation of the Israelites from Egyptian slavery. And God did 10 smites on the Egyptians for his chosen people. And the last smite, the last plague, was killing the firstborn, which would be you, William, the firstborn of every Egyptian family. And if you were a Jewish family, your job was to take goat's blood and smear it on the front of your house so that God would know there was an, Israel, there, there was an Israelite living in there. Now, first of all, and I mean no disrespect, doesn't God know where I live? Why does he need goat's blood to show me that this is where I live? Nonetheless, it's a great story. It's a beautiful message, and it shows resilience of a people, a generation of people. Now, what does all this mean to us today, right? <laughs> a friend of mine the other day said, God, the way things are going, I feel like I should find a goat and put some blood over my roof. And I thought about that, and I thought, now this was a Jewish person that said that to me, but I thought about that, and I thought, sometimes we take our old stories and try to make it applicable today in our world, right? I don't need any blood over my door, because I know who I am, and so does the world. And this is said in jest, by the way. But what are we going through right now? Is this a plague? So I called my aunt this morning on my way here. She's at home, obviously. She's, she's an elder woman. She's in her late 80s. She has a lot of immunity problems, so no one's allowed near her. It's just her and her husband in the house, Aunt Jerry and Al. She basically said to me, she said, she said, Jimmy, and, and I meet her on her own terms. She said, Jimmy, why is God doing this? We are his chosen people. And I stopped her. I went, wait, 
is this the Jewish you who's telling me you're his chosen people, or are we all his chosen people? And she's like, oh, you jerk. All of us, we're all his chosen people. I said, okay, good, just checking. And so she said, why is he doing this to us, though? And out of my mouth came, you know what? It's just an extension of the Tower of Babel. <laughs> In my own head, I'm going, what? And, and so she said, what? The Tower of Babel? I said, yeah, remember? Mankind got out of hand with thinking how powerful they were. Story, by the way. So much so that as they got close to God, before, God, before they could actually reach up to where God was, he smited them with all different languages, and that's why we're all separate people. We're all separate. Nobody can understand each other. Well, we're still living in that, that era of the Tower of Babel. Everybody's, nobody's understanding what anybody's saying. No one respects each other. Everybody's God is the only God. Sheriff's <laughs> like, well, she's like, well, how? She's from Philly. She's like, well, how is that? The re- what does this mean? I said, because now, I think God's finally had enough of it all, speaking to her on her terms. I said, I think God's had enough of it all. And I think he finally said, that's it. Now I'm going to give you something to make you all speak the same language and get along for God's sake. And she went, oh, oh my God, it is the Tower of Babel. And she literally, she goes, I got to get off the phone. I got to call my girls and tell them this. So somewhere in Philly, this Tower of Babel story is about to go. That's what I'm knowing. And actually, my cousin Michelle watches. This is your mother that I told this to. So I honestly think, I don't think God's somewhere deciding how this all happens, but I do believe that this is here to give us the common denominator to show us that we are one people. Stories, they cause our hearts to be heavy, and they associate our heavy hearts with things out here. That's a story, another story. We do not have to live stories. What we do have to live is the truth. Pope Francis today, he had to do mass on Zoom or however he did it. And it was so cute watching this Pope talk into a camera, but he was reading. And then every now and then he would look up into the camera and back down. And I just thought, this is so sweet, watching this extraordinarily powerful man be brought to the same place we all are. And the quote I got from him that I loved was, thought and spirit can go far only with the creativity of love. So my mind, my spirit, who I am, the only thing that allows it to keep moving is when I remember who I am. And that means that I love only. So the resilient heart actually knows what's going on. The resilient heart knows what's going on here. I might not, because my critical mind gets in the way of my resilient heart, if you think about it. Sometimes I'm so busy freaking thinking it out, I don't let my heart tell me what it is. And if I'm willing to just listen to my heart, which is the most resilient thing about me, then I'll actually start understanding more. So the word today on the ABCs of GTCs, Kevin wanted me to use the word mahalo, which means gratitude. And I was going to use that, and I went in to do it, and then I went, wait, I just did gratitude. On G, I did grateful. I don't want to do that. And I had pulled up the wrong word. I pulled up mahala instead of mahalo. Mahala. And mahala means to unfold. It's, it's a um, Hawaiian word, and it means petals unfolding and shining forth. So our word today is mahala, means there is something unfolding here. There's a beauty unfolding here. My son said it in his treatment. There is a beauty unfolding. There are petals opening up to the most magnificent flower, and we can call it Corona 19. But whatever we want to call it, it doesn't matter. I don't care about the story. I care about the unfoldment. Now, here's the thing. Your mind's going to unfold a lot of stuff if you're willing to keep living stories that don't serve you. 
So our job today is to allow ourselves to unfold in the highest and the best way possible. Forever young. Forever young is what we need to be. We need to go back to that time when we were standing at the top of a hill and we didn't think about what was dangerous. We just went down it and maybe learned a lesson or two because he didn't go down that hill again for a very long time until he was a teenager, an early teenager, and we were going bike riding and he said, hold on, and he went down that hill perfectly, beautifully skidded into it, put dirt up into the air, and then Nora went down it too, right? And then they were both like, you should go down it. I was like, no, come on back up, let's go. But then I did go down it, if you recall. And I was scared to death all the way down it. But sometimes we have to look fear in the face and just do it. Just do it. And I'm not up here suggesting we all do dangerous things. Your heart will always lead you in the right direction. I believe Will's heart led him in the right direction that day. I believe something in him said, I'm so afraid of this, I'm going to do it anyway. And did it, fell, got up, healed, and did it again. Sometimes we fall, and sometimes we bleed, and sometimes we make mistakes. But those mistakes are nothing more than the consistent journey that takes us through to the time when we understand what it was. So whatever's going on right now, I don't care what it is. It is important for us to allow it to unfold, but to design it in such a way that you unfold with a forward momentum that takes you to your highest and best place. Because who are you going to be at the end of this? That's an important question. Are you going to just be the same person that, the, that was at the beginning of it? Or are you going to use this time to unfold yourself in a bigger way, in a more profound way? You are resilient. Your heart is resilient. Everything about your mind and your soul is resilient. You will bounce back. I don't think you've ever bounced forward. You will always be what you are right here and right now, fully capable, fully able to handle whatever comes your way. This is what I know. This is the message for today. Resilience is the message for the month, and Mohala is the message for you. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.